I don't believe in ghosts, but I believe in haunted places. Should we tell the one about that rocking chair? Be careful in the telling. <laughs> rocking chair or settlement, a horror musical podcast. Hello, listener. This show contains strong language and upsetting imagery that may be sensitive for some listeners. We invite you to listen with care, but listen closely as you will discover that Green Man is a poignant, life-affirming, and even uplifting story. Its resolution is not what it seems. Chapter 3 The kid pointed in the direction of a cabin, insisting that nobody was there, maybe a quarter of a mile down a winding trail through the woods, far enough not to hear the kid sobbing to himself or the rattle of his chains, close enough to hear the kid's screams if he was being eaten by wolves or bears, though Rayo seemed to remember hearing somewhere that, aside from fish, bears favored a mostly plant-based diet. A clearing up ahead, a genuine log cabin, but far bigger than a hunting shack, an actual house made of logs. Nearby, some outbuildings, some kind of oversized Quonset hut garage and a lean-to shed. An outhouse padlocked shut, clearly no longer in use. Must have had modern plumbing inside the house. An old pickup truck with four flat tires parked alongside the Quonset hut. No other vehicles in sight. Wavy motorcycle tracks leading up and down the dirt road, but no motorcycle anywhere. Rail was nothing if not cautious. He studied the scene some more. No smoke billing from the stone fireplace. Power wires looped on poles leading down the road meant the cabin was on a grid. No sounds from inside the house. Rayo couldn't see any game cameras. The kid said the only other one was mounted to the gate at the road, on alert for intruders. Time to check that out. Rayo walked down the drive, keeping to the verge and the cover of the trees, being careful not to leave any footprints in the dirt. A metal gate blocked the road a few hundred yards down and another game camera was mounted on a pole. A huge padlock affixed to the same kind of chain that kept the kid secured to the tree trunk. The padlock was on the outside, which is how it would be if the owner had left the premises and had locked up behind him. Satisfied, Rayo turned back. The kid, so far, was telling the truth. The front door of the house was unlocked. Inside, a lot of wood paneling pine dimpled with knot holes on the walls, hardwood floors, oak cabinets, first-class carpentry, in Rayo's opinion, but the place was bordering on a pigsty. Rayo moved as silently as he could. His boots had rubber soles, so no clumping sound of hard-soled footfalls, but he couldn't control the squeak of rubber on wood. Turned out it didn't matter. Nobody was home. Rayo made sure, going room to room. He took a good look around, like he was casing the place for a burglary, on the lookout for a telephone, but he didn't find one. No modular jacks, only an empty cell phone charger. No computer either. The kid couldn't call for help even if Rayo cut him loose. Something to consider. The sheets in the master bedroom looked like they hadn't been changed in months. Creased, sweat-stained, the stench of an adult male B.O. wafted up. Testosterone, stale semen, the sickly, sweet chemical scent of meth sweat, too. A denim biker's vest on the floor featuring a pair of rattlesnakes curled up and exposing their fangs like a two-headed serpent. RC, colors and logo on the back. Rolling cannibals. A local white power motorcycle club. 
Rayo met a few of their members in prison, dumb as a box of rocks and as mean as the snakes they used as an emblem. Some women's clothes in the master bedroom, blouses and conservative slacks, along with a big man's mostly denim clothing, but no other signs of a female's recent presence. Up a set of narrow stairs to the kid's bedroom, more like a crow's nest, with windows on three sides, bunk beds, with only the top bunk fitted with sheets, no curtains, just window glass facing the treetops, a horizon of treetops, a startling panorama of shades of green, a kid after his own heart. Except that Rayo was compulsively neat, and this kid didn't make his bed or pick up his clothes off the floor. Maybe that was a kid thing. A lot of books, textbooks it looked like, and some boys' adventure stories. Not many toys, no sports equipment, but then Rayo wouldn't expect the asshole who chained his kid to a tree to do much more than put clothes on his offspring's back and food in his mouth, if that. Downstairs, a living room with a big screen TV and a sectional couch that practically filled the whole room. A bag of weed open on the coffee table, roaches and cigarette butts overflowing in the abalone shell ashtray, and enough empty beer cans to fill a leaf and lawn trash bag. Blackout curtains, the color of red wine, drawn over all the windows, shutting out what would have been an amazing view of the trees, of enough green to elevate the soul. The inside felt like a fucking cave, or a bear's den, a real tree dweller upstairs, a fucking troglodyte downstairs. Not a good combination. Rio went back outside and further explored the grounds. The shed stank of motor oil. The man who lived here didn't take care of his tools. Rail found a pair of bolt cutters propped in the corner, covered in spider webbing. The kid didn't say a word as Rail walked up. He glanced at the bolt cutters but didn't move, just kept his hopeful eyes locked on Rail. Rail studied the filthy face. Little kids weren't fully formed, in his opinion. They all had the same button noses and smooth faces, exhibiting none of the variations in physiognomy that served to distinguish one adult from another. They all looked like an artist's rendering of a suspect as described by an anxious eyewitness, blandly familiar but not memorable. You got a name? Junior. How old are you, Junior? Eight? Nine? I'm ten. Small for your age, then. The kid shrugged his skinny shoulders, more like underfed, Rayo thought. Who changed you out here like a fucking dog? My pa? Yeah? Well, the temperature dipped below 30 last night. You're half-naked. You gonna explain to me why you aren't frozen to death? The kid's brow furrowed as he gave Rayo's question serious thought. Or so it seemed. I only been out here since morning. Rayo scanned the clearing, all senses on alert. When's your pa coming back? Rayo gave him a hard stare. He liked straight answers, not non-committal shit. You don't know? He drives a truck for the meat processing plant. Long haul? The kid shook his head. His hair was so stiff with dirt, the length strands didn't move. More like Thai state. He's usually gone a couple days. He's got a bunk in the truck cab. And he left you chained out here like this? Usually I'm dressed already. He was mad I wasn't ready when it was time for him to leave. Lucky I came by, aren't you? Seeing as it probably dropped below freezing again tonight, you'd be frozen stiff as a popsicle this time morning. The kid studied his filthy fingernails. I guess so. Rayo waited until the kid looked up at him before gesturing at the chain. 
Why does your paw chain you to the tree like a fucking dog? Because you don't want me running off. Yeah? And where would you run off to? School? School? I like school. You smart or something? Yeah. The kid actually grinned before he pointed down the private road. Outside the gate, at the crossroads about a mile down, the school bus passes by. The driver will stop if I wave her down. She don't mind taking me all the way to school in Brewster. She'll bring me back, too. Your pa don't want you attending school? Why? Because I'm homeschooled. Rayo couldn't keep the skepticism out of his tone. Your pa teaches you? Mom does. Dead. Before she run off. She ran off? Kid looked away, studied his bare toes, wiggled them a bit. The toenails were caked with dirt. Some guy, Pa says. Look at me, kid, when I'm talking to you. The kid, glassy tears nearly spilling from his eyes, met Rayo's steady gaze. You think your mom took off with some guy? The bear's shoulders rose exaggeratedly. I don't know. I would have thought she'd take me with her. Yeah, kid, don't we all? Rayo used the bolt cutters to snap the chain. Then he snapped off the padlock holding the shackle to the kid's ankle. He walked off, holding the bolt cutters propped against his shoulder the way he would a rifle. A couple days, he thought. A couple days to lay low, to hole up out of the weather, to heal a bit, take the opportunity to gather up supplies, maybe round up some firepower more lethal than a cooking fork. Alrighty then. You coming, Junior? He called over his shoulder. Rayo found enough frozen meat and vegetables in the basement freezer to rustle up a halfway decent dinner. He was a good cook. He worked in the prison kitchen before he managed to get work in the inmates' garden, first in prep and later on the grill. He filled in as a baker for a while, learned how to bake bread and make sheet cakes. He even liked the cleaning up part, liked to hyper-focus on the task at hand, liked to exist in his own little bubble insulated from all the crazy shit that went on in prison daily life. Convicts were no better than a bunch of TV show housewives, always squabbling, gossiping, and making threats. Only difference, inside was no reality show or game. The stakes were high and life expectancy was low. Rail used a cast iron pan to fry T-bone steaks. He told the kid to take a long, hot bath and to be sure to cut and clean his fingernails and toenails. You don't know how lucky you are to have hot running water and access to a bathtub, kid. Bathtubs in prison, just communal showers, which were dangerous places in more ways than one. The kitchen wasn't piled high with dirty dishes like he thought it would be. Pa seemed to favor takeout pizza, which he apparently devoured straight out of the box. No dishes needed. While Rayo boiled the potatoes, he kept one eye on the tablet propped up on the window seat. The live picture was the padlock gate at the end of the driveway. He didn't have to worry about Paul showing up without warning. Not like he'd come back early anyway. When he went on a job, the kid told him, he stayed gone until the entire load was delivered. Didn't want to risk losing the one job he liked. Dead meat, a refrigerator truck, the open road, and heavy metal blasting from the stereo system. Nobody looking over his shoulder, telling him what to do. Admittedly, Rayo could understand the appeal. No fresh milk, but Rayo could make pretty good milkshakes with powdered milk and chocolate sauce. The kid needed bulking up and better nutrition, and maybe some bolt cutters hidden under the leaves in the woods for next time Paul dragged him out there. 
Rayo hand-basted the T-bone in butter and garlic sauce while he stared at the tablet. Something mesmerizing about watching the static image on the screen. According to the kid, in addition to the video feed, multiple motion sensors would trigger an alarm that was audible from the tablet. The sound of an old-time air raid siren. So Rayo would hear if anybody came up to the gate, much less went through it. Apparently the kid's paw drove a Harley, and the kid said he always heard it rumbling and backfiring down the driveway from his bedroom with the windows closed. Paul had the same image on an app on his smartphone, just like the game camera, but Rayo didn't intend to exit the property through the gate. While the kid was still taking a bath, he implemented his own crude early warning system. He found a roll of bailing wire in the shed and had strung a strand between two trees across the dirt drive, right at the level of a motorcyclist's throat, give or take a few inches. If the rider took the curve too fast, he probably wouldn't see it until it was too late. Depending on how low the rider sat, the wire might clip his handlebars and spill him and the bike into the dirt. Might decapitate him, too. Rayo didn't particularly care which, come what may, motherfuckers, as an old lifer used to say whenever shit was about to go down. Rayo allowed himself a brief chuckle at the memory. Actually, Rayo suspected the kid's assessment was accurate. His paw wouldn't be back for a couple days. A couple days to lay low, Rayo would play it by ear. Hey, a small voice behind him. Rayo turned around. The kid stood in the doorway dressed in clean clothes, a t-shirt and a hoodie and jeans, high top sneakers on his feet, ragged fingernails gone, replaced with clean blunt nails, skin scrubbed so shiny that his bruises were all the more stark. The makings of a black eye, a swollen cheekbone, a lacerated ear now scabbed over, kind of the way Rayo looked after surviving the crash except for the angry red finger marks on the kid's neck and collarbone. Ray had already seen the belt lashes across the kid's skinny back when they walked to the cabin. Fresh ones just starting to scab over, and old ones, a couple ribbed with scar tissue. Rayo hadn't been shocked. They were something he'd seen dozens of times before, both on the boys' group home and in the prison yard. Old injuries that never completely healed over, scarring the con inside and out. Underneath the tattoo across his back, Rayo had the same sort of scars himself. Only difference, this kid didn't yet have the dead-eyed stare of the long-abused. Too fresh still. Maybe his mom had protected him. Maybe she hadn't been gone all that long. The most noteworthy thing about the kid now was his hair. It was gone. He clearly used scissors to hack it off, right down to the skull. The new haircut was a crude approximation of Rayo's buzz cut, or of a new recruit on his way to boot camp. A few nicks here and there, a few tufts of hair like the remnants of cotton balls after a harvest. I said to wash your hair, not cut it off, Rayo said. Pa said I was never to get my hair cut or he'd kill me. He got long hair himself? Kid nodded. He's a biker. Like that explained everything. Maybe it did. Your hair's not going to grow back in a couple days, kid. That exaggerated shrug again. I know. Alrighty then, so that's how it was. Damn the consequences, the little fucker had balls. Rayo would give him that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Really, I'd pulled the curtains off the dining room windows, tore them right off the rod. This part of the house faced the forest, not the garage or the shed. The view of the distant trees was spectacular, like one of those nature calendars titled something like Unspoiled Wilderness. Rayo sat at the dining room table, positioning himself so he could look out and savor the fading sunlight through the panorama of eternal, ever-changing green. They ate there, in the dining room, at a large table that the kid said his grandfather had made by hand. Built the entire house by hand, too. Took him years and years. The grandfather had died of cancer years ago when the kid was a baby. He'd been a truck mechanic, had repaired engines in the Quonset hut garage outside. The kid became a regular motor mouth as his emptied belly started to fill. Rayo listened while he ate, not absently, but intentively. When folks were offering up information that might be of use, let him talk. Rayo wasn't much for chit-chat anyways, which was why he and Arcady managed to survive as cellmates. Arcady never shut up. Rayo didn't have much to say. The kid reminded Rayo of Arcady in that way, talking animatedly, half the time with his mouth full, spewing crumbs, gesticulating with such gusto that food flew off his fork occasionally. Sorry, the kid would say. The way he cringed, Rayo figured he was waiting to be backhanded or smacked. It's your house, was Rayo's way of saying, don't sweat it. The kid was scarfing down his third serving of mashed potatoes and gravy when he started squirming in his chair, glancing up at Rayo, then staring back down at his plate. Rayo recognized the signs. You got something on your mind, kid? Can I ask you something, mister? Asking if you can ask something is a pitiful waste of time. Just fucking ask. Go on, spit it out. What happened? The kid stared pointedly at Rayo's face. Somebody beat you up? You mean, was what happened to me the same as what happened to you? The kid shrugged, noncommittal. Some women and kids were like that, reluctant to say anything that might point a finger at their abuser. Didn't want to risk either retaliation or being thrown out on the street. After a while, it became a knee-jerk denial. Rayo had seen it a million times among the denizens of the low-rent neighborhoods where he dwelled when he wasn't inside. Rayo shook his head. Car accident. And this? Kid touched his forehead where Rayo's skull had been stove in. Got hit with a lead pipe. The kid's eyes grew wide as saucers. Somebody hit you in the head with a pipe? Rayo nodded as he chewed. He's dead. The implication was that Rayo had got his own back. He let it ride. Should have had a metal plate in, but the doctor didn't go the extra mile seeing I was a ward of the state. Rayo didn't mention that the crease in his skull left him vulnerable. Light tap on the eggshell membrane that was a poor substitute for a segment of bone could be fatal. But none of the other cons knew that, and nobody messed with Rayo. He cultivated the reputation of a crazy motherfucker, 
peaceable unless you set him off. The kid gave him a questioning look. What, Rayo said. Ward of the state? In the system, the child welfare system. The kid still looked puzzled. If you're underage and you got no parents or no relatives willing to take you, the state is responsible for you until you turn 18. Now this piqued the kid's interest. Rayo could practically see the wheels turning in the boy's head. Like, maybe there was a better place to be than living at the whim of a sadist who chained him to a tree and left him to freeze to death. Don't get the wrong idea. It's not a good place to end up, kid. Why not? Rayo pointed to the dent in his skull. Because bad things can happen in there. Things you don't want to know about. Like the fact that all of his front teeth were implants installed in the prison dental clinic. Like the healed spiral fractures in both his forearms that still ached when it rained. Other broken bones, too, like his collarbone, his clavicle, his left patella from the hard kick of a steel-toed boot, all before he was 16. Sympathy oozed out of the stupid kid, and tears welled in his big eyes. You didn't have any parents, mister? Well, I did, as far as I know. still takes a man and a woman to make a kid. But what happened to them? My mother? I don't know. Rayo rubbed his palm lightly across his skull, feeling the bristle of his short hair. After this, my memory turned to shit. I can't even picture her face. No clue if she's alive or dead. Don't even remember her name, if I knew it. Far as I know, she died giving birth to me. The kid stared down at his plate for a long time, brow wrinkled absorbing what he'd heard while absently rubbing his index finger in a drop of water that had spilled on the wood tabletop. How about your pa? You, you don't remember him either? Nope. But I do know what happened to him. How do you know if you can't remember nothing? When you end up in prison, you got a file with all the bad things you've done written down. Oh, you were in prison, mister? The fucking kid acted like he admired him for that. This pissed Rayo off, but he tamped down the anger that threatened to erupt. Nothing to admire in being sent to prison. The kid didn't know any better. Just got out two days ago. Well, technically that was the truth. The kid stared at him, mouth agape, half-chewed potatoes and gravy visible, probably reassessing everything he thought he knew about this stranger. His good Samaritan wasn't so good after all. Rayo had read his own prison file. So he knew the story, even if he had no memory of it. According to the prison chaplain, you couldn't repent unless you knew what evil you had done, so the sanctimonious asshole sat with Rayo and forced him to read his own file aloud, cover to cover, slowly. Still, he stumbled over all the big words. Rayo didn't repent, but he was glad to have the lowdown on his alleged crimes. I killed him. Shot him in the face with a sawed-off shotgun, blew his head clean off. I wasn't all that much older than you when I did it. Rayo offered up a smile to lessen the impact. Tentatively, the kid returned the smile, but his lower lip trembled. It was probably just dawning on him that the devil he knew might be better than the devil he didn't. But the boy didn't try to make a run for it. That was something. How about some dessert, kid? Green Man. Created by Cassie Wells and Dave Beasley. Starring Scoot McNary. Post-production sound by Joe Morales and Elftree Studio. A Haywood production.
Morgan Knox can see the darkness coming, but that still might not be enough to stop it from destroying the world. Introducing the Shadow Files of Morgan Knox, a new show from Realm. Set in 1930s Manhattan, this fantasy noir is perfect for fans of Lovecraftian horror. Ever since her experience in World War I, Morgan Knox, a Latina private detective, has had the ability to see paranormal phenomena. This makes her the perfect investigator when she's hired by a murdered man hoping to uncover the details of his own death. The case takes her through the city as she battles corruption, greed, and temptation. And if she isn't careful, she could be the darkness's next victim. You can learn more about the shadow files of Morgan Knox at realm.fm. And be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.